The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. I'm going to be talking about the crisis we have at the border and other things. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as surviving in these troubled times, creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I do my best to be a resource as you prepare to protect your family. In this show, I also talk about a wide variety of topics, everything from government corruption to chemtrails. I also feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving, so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations, WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, on 7490, WTWW, Lebanon, Tennessee, on 5085, and on WRMI, Radio Miami International, Okeechobee, Florida, on 5850. And this show airs on 89.3 FM, Key Radio, in Osage Beach, Missouri. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Podpoint, Red Circle, Spreaker, Podbean, and Podomatic. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and I invite you to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I do appreciate it. I want to start off by thanking all of those who have donated to keep the show on the air. Your donations are vital, and donations are down. But for the time being, this broadcast is secure. But if you listen to this show and you receive some benefits from it and want to help keep it on the air, that would really be appreciated now more than ever. Well, I have several topics I want to talk about, and I'm going to be all over the map today. But I heard some things that are really disturbing me about our southern border. So I want to start with that topic today is our southern border that actually doesn't even exist. 
we truly do not have a southern border on our country. And I have to say right now that illegitimate Joe Biden is a traitor to our country. And all of those that help him out, his minions that are following his decrees and his executive orders, are also traitors to our nation. I know those are strong words, but I think I can back up those claims very easy when you see the crisis we have at the border and how it could have easily been averted. And now that the cabinet member of the Homeland Security has been impeached, I don't think that person will be removed because I think the Senate is corrupt. And I don't think Mitch McConnell even knows what day it is. I think he's totally out of it. Plus, he's a fossil. He's someone that should have retired years ago and definitely a swamp creature. And so when you're dealing with swamp creatures, well, they're always going to stand up for their fellow swamp creatures. And so there's no chance that we're going to have an impeachment actually have any punishment. One thing I want to address in particular is the amount of military-age young men coming across the border. I've been noticing that for years, that the people crossing into Europe are all military-age young men, it seems. And now they're saying that tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of Chinese young men have crossed the border, and I've heard that for quite some time. But... One thing I heard this past week that's very disturbing is that the Chinese government has established what they call safe houses for these illegals crossing into our border, that there are Chinese safe houses in every one of our states. All 50 states have safe houses. Now, you're not going to cross our southern border and get into Hawaii. And so apparently they're getting into the southern border and they're being flown to Hawaii from the United States. Or possibly we might have some boat people or something arriving in Hawaii that are coming in illegally that I'm not aware of. But when the government terms these as safe houses, I want to interpret that for you. In other words, there are no-go zones as far as our law enforcement. They may be on the territory of the United States, but since they're quote-unquote safe houses, there has to be a fear of our law enforcement or our government in some capacity raiding these safe houses, or since I believe illegitimate Joe is on the payroll of the Chinese communists, they might even have a written or oral agreement that the United States will leave these places alone. When they say safe houses, that's a pretty vanilla way of saying fortress or military complex or a terror cell. And when you look back at all of the ammunition and guns that were purchased by the Obama administration for groups such as the Department of Education and similar groups that you wouldn't think would have a reason for carrying a gun, I'm wondering if the majority of these guns and ammunition are possibly stored in these quote-unquote safe houses for the Chinese. And so what I'm speculating over is whether or not Obama, when he was president, whether he actually facilitated, aided, and abetted an invasion of Chinese troops into the United States, including supplying them guns and ammunition. 
and it's my understanding that it's the head of the FBI that was the one that disclosed that there are Chinese safe houses in all 50 states. And also, it's very well known that the Mexican drug cartels are controlling our southern border, not the United States government. And the Mexican drug cartels are active in all 50 states. And in Montana right now, the drug cartels are pushing fentanyl into the Indian reservations, just wreaking havoc among those on the reservations. So we have so many things out of control, it's just hard to keep track of. I've noticed an awful lot of young men over the last year, especially the last six months, in my area. And I reported last summer that I saw them walking up and down the county roads. I have not seen that, but I'm seeing groups of four to ten young men, all in their 20s, mostly Hispanic. But they don't look like they're from Mexico. They look like they might be from South America that they are hanging out in small groups, walking downtown and walking near the retail areas of the town. And that's not a crime. And I'm not saying that these young people are doing anything wrong. I just find it very suspicious that we have groups of young people that traditionally have not been here. You might say that they're just freshly moved to town. You might say they're just passing through. They might have been bussed in or flown in or who knows. But I know that this part of the country that's notoriously known as flyover country is in for a very rude awakening. Because the area I'm living in, most of this area, you could pluck the people out of the 1960s or 1950s and put them in this area today. And other than some of the technology, the people are exactly the same. The demographic is the same. The educational level is the same. The the income level is the same. And it wouldn't be too big of a shock to take someone from 2024 and put them into 1950. It just wouldn't be that big of a shock around here because things don't change around here much. Well, they're going to start changing around here in a big way. First of all, they're putting meatpacking plants in and bringing in laborers from all over the world, a lot from Somalia and Guatemala and just other places. And they're bringing their culture. They're not assimilating into our culture. So we're in for a strange, rude awakening here in this part of the world. But I was very disturbed to know that the Chinese now have established places that they consider safe in all 50 states. And if you weren't going to do something wrong, why would you need a safe house? You might say, well, they have to be safe from being deported. And I have to say, why not deport them? They didn't earn the right to be here, yet they're sucking our resources dry. And also, the chief of the FBI made the statement that a very large number of young men crossing our border do not even like the United States, and they're not here to help the United States, they're here to harm it. And so at the National Sheriff's Association meeting, they were talking about imminent terror attacks happening in all the communities. They were talking about 
the sheriff's departments not having drone capability of either offense or defense. And so apparently some of the sheriff's offices in the United States are taking, uh, taking it upon themselves to buy drones, and they call them attack drones, to be used if indeed these young men coming across the border are active military, just waiting for a sign or signal for them to start their actions against the United States. So our front line is going to be our police and our sheriffs. And so lots of sheriff's departments are training for urban warfare and training for all sorts of civil unrest and martial law, which really seems extremely scary to me that we are not shutting our border down. We're not doing anything to help with anti-drone technology for the sheriffs. And am I applauding the sheriffs getting attack drones? No, not at all. Because after this crisis is over, the sheriff's departments will still have the attack drones. And I have trust issues, folks. I never used to have such bad trust issues, but anymore, I don't really trust any of our government officials, whether they be police or sheriff or city councilmen, on up to your governor and your senator and your congresspeople and president. I just don't see any reason to trust these people. I've heard that Governor Noam up in South Dakota, who is well-liked by Republicans and conservatives, it seems that she's doing nothing to halt the confiscation of land that the farmers are going through because they want to build pipelines through their property, not to haul oil, but to haul away carbon to be recycled or destroyed or whatever they're going to do with it. And so you have big rigs come onto your property, you tell them to leave, and they have paperwork saying the pipeline's going through this property, and they can do anything they want. And there's an awful lot of farms that are being affected by this. And the governor of South Dakota is doing nothing to stop it. So I think we have swamp creatures on up, clear up into our state governments. And so it's really hard for me to say we're going to have any relief or help from the government in any way. So we have that to look at as far as the Chinese coming across and establishing borders. And another big story that fits the doom and gloom of World War III that Russia has taken a cargo up into orbit, and there's lots of speculation that this cargo is either an atomic weapon or a guidance system or similar that can either produce or aid a nuclear strike. And I've heard speculation, and I think that, that this person's guess, and that's what it is, is a guess, I think they're really smart, and I think they guessed right. I believe the Russian payload they sent up is possibly an EMP device. And Russia wanted to make sure that the West knew that this device that was already in orbit and was going to be used at a later date, maybe as early as tomorrow or as late as a year or two from now. But if that indeed is an EMP device, it will take out our entire grid. It's going to take out all of your electronics. I've been saying for years to put your sensitive electronics in Faraday cages. And if you don't have a Faraday cage, well, at least store what you can as far as electronically. 
anything that can fit in your microwave oven. Microwave ovens may not be the perfect protection for your electronics, but it's better than nothing, and I would imagine it would protect quite well. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on VeteranBrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to VeteranBrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show, and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at VeteranBrigades.com. Last episode, I was talking about fallout shelters, and I was talking about things to do to the door to shield it. And I ran some ideas past the listeners and requested any, any listener that had a better idea to email me, and I had several. And I haven't read them all, but they all look like they're going to work. The first email I had was concerning aprons that x-ray technicians wear and informing me that I could buy them used online at a reasonable price, and I can line my doors with these aprons that are used by x-ray technicians to shield any radiation that might come through to your area. And I should be able to wrap up that part of the preparedness of my storm shelter or root cellar that I'm going to use as a fallout shelter I have it all the way done except for those doors, and so I'm going to be looking for the aprons, and like I said, I have other emails that have other suggestions. I skim through them, and they all look like they're going to work. And so thank you so much for setting me straight and writing me those emails. Well, I have some friends that are having some medical issues, and they're sharing their horror stories of our brave new medical system that was corrupted before the coronavirus but is now extremely corrupt. And it seems like there's an awful lot of people with upper respiratory disease right now and they have a chronic cough and possibly a headache. And there's also several people I've talked to not only personally but also through emails and texts that they're tired all the time. They have a lingering, dry, raspy cough and they're just tired all the time. And that might be some sort of a cold or a virus going around, but I suspect that it has something to do with the chemicals that these airplanes are spraying on us on a daily basis. So what I've started doing is noting how many chemtrails are up in the sky, and I do a rough count of them. And then I write down for the next 24 hours how that made me feel. And I want to establish a correlation of me feeling under the weather or not quite up to snuff the day of and the day after 
we've had massive chemtrail spraying in this area. I think the health of all humanity is going to rely on how well we can figure out what these evil scientists are doing and how they're doing it, why they're doing it, where they're doing it. And we need to start confronting some of these. Now, is there something to this Russian cargo they sent up in space, or is it just another ruse? In times of war, they have what's called the fog of war, and we're definitely in the fog of war. So that might have been a publicity stunt. It might have been a warning. It might have been a nuclear weapon actually going into space. It might have been just a big distraction, a big nothing. But I don't know exactly what's going to happen, except I feel and sense and see the United States inching closer and closer to going on national television or having illegitimate Joe get on national television and declare war or give us an inkling that we're just about ready to experience some pretty evil things. And so we have to live with that as well. We have all sorts of viruses and plagues that are breaking out. You have what's called Alaska pox that they say is mostly in small animals like shrews that there's been a person die of these Alaska pox. It's not out of hand yet, but it seems kind of odd that the Alaska pox seems to be a combination of smallpox and I believe Ebola in another type of a pathogen. And when you have combinations like that, in my mind, that points that a lab is making them and is totally man-made. And I see in France that the French Parliament has just passed a bill making it illegal to criticize the death jab, these MNRA experimental drugs that are not vaccines, that if I read the article right, that if you even criticize these vaccines, you could face up to several years in jail and a $43,000 fine. And also, I believe they cut you out of the system where you can't have a doctor. And that kind of tyranny cannot stand. That is absolutely asinine what the French are doing to their own people. They're already going after their own farmers, and now they're going after anyone that just the general French population and making it a criminal offense just a question something that's still in the experimental stage. That pretty well tells you that Moderna and Johnson & Johnson and, and the other big pharma companies are actually controlling legislation that's coming out of Congress and the parliaments of the world. It's a very sad situation we face, folks. But unfortunately, it's reality. We have enemies from the outside which I'm going to include Russia, even though I don't think Russia should be our enemy for any reason. But our government's going to make sure that Russia is an enemy of the United States. And so as far as the government is concerned, Russia's our enemy. So we have enemies from without. And then you look at the horrible job performance of the entire illegitimate Joe Biden administration's cabinet, and also the big guy. Joe himself, who's absolutely illegitimate and senile and has no business even filling out a bingo card, let alone running a nation. So we have enemies from within. And I really do see the United States going to cease to exist 
sooner than later. It might be next year, it might be 20 or 30 years from now, but the seeds have been sown and the brainwashing that's been taking place among our youth for several generations has got us to the point now that there are more people that are brainwashed that are in the United States that are in power than people who are not brainwashed. And if you're not one of those that's brainwashed, they're going to belittle you and call you a sovereign citizen or or a religious fanatic of some sort or a terrorist. Or they have their ways to belittle people that they can't control. And never forget this is all about money, power, and control, which makes it very sad. We have nobody in Washington that has our backs, and if you want to look at the quote-unquote conservative Republicans that are that inhabit our halls of Congress and other places in government, in most situations they're no better or no different than the Democrats. They might complain about the Democrats and they might propose to do something about it, but those days never come. And even when there are votes that Republicans should stand together, like this impeachment trial of the Homeland Security head, you had several Republicans break rank and vote with the Democrats. And so our whole country is filled with phonies and frauds and rhinos and just people that we don't want handling the reins of government. I don't know what to do about it except keep a very diligent watch and try to let these people know that they will be held accountable. But I don't understand why we're waiting for catastrophes before we actually do something about it. The old saying, a stitch in time saves nine, is very relevant here. And it seems like that if we could get cooler heads and smarter people in government that are actually controlling it and not the deep state, well, I think that we could save an awful lot of sorrow and death and destruction on this world. But you have the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum and all these other illegitimate entities that have sprung up and people seem to bow down to them and give them all sorts of power when they shouldn't have any more power than your local 4-H club or boys and girls club because those are just simple organizations. But it seems like that the communists of the world have created all sorts of alphabet organizations that they can use as cover to get people and ideas and possibly even weapons smuggled into countries around the world. And of course, we know they're smuggling in drugs. So we have an awful lot of issues, folks, and on the other side of the break, I'll be talking about more of them. But before I go on break, I want to ask that you please prayerfully consider donating to this program to keep it on the air. I take checks, money orders, or cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners, give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. 
Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. Welcome to part two of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun, and I thank you for tuning in today. Well, as promised, this show is all over the map, and it's going to continue to branch out in its horizons here in a few minutes. But I want to touch back on one thing I started on, and that's having our law enforcement have attack drones. Now, while you might think that's a good thing, in the short term because of what we potentially face from our invaders, I think it establishes a very grim precedence for having our law enforcement being weaponized and militarized to the point where it could be used on we the people. And we all saw on January 6th how events can be orchestrated where they go out of control and I would imagine that if the DC police had attack drones at that event, that possibly many innocent people would have been either harmed or killed. And I know a lot of people say, well, there were no innocent people on January 6th. They were all insurrectionists. Well, that's totally false because not all of them went inside any government building. And that's the same as the Israelis saying that everyone who's born Palestinian is Hamas, which they basically said, by the way, anyone four years old and above is considered Hamas in Israel. And just a brief rabbit trail. I think that Netanyahu's days are numbered. And I think he's going to go down as a war criminal, and I think he's going to be executed. That's the future I see in store for that man. But we've had a police state that's being formed around us, and we've had that happening for quite some time now. And I have a feeling that very soon we're going to see martial law and things that we never thought we would see in the United States. But it's my understanding that one of the first things that illegitimate Joe Biden did when he took power back in 2021 was to initiate a cyber war against Russia, and quite possibly Iran at the same time. And it's also my understanding that we have a lot of our law enforcement offices that are being hacked, and they're the victim of cyber war that's aimed at them many times per day on some of the larger departments. And they identify the culprits as being from Iran or Russia. And if that is the case, if everything I just said is actually the truth, which, when war is on, the fog of war, propaganda is horribly thick. But if that is true, that would mean that the United States started this war in earnest. I think there's been a tit-for-tat going for a long time between all sorts of nations in the world. I know that the United States has even spied on the United Kingdom. And it's a well-known fact that the Israeli intelligence, the Mossad, they conduct operations against Americans on American soil quite often. 
and this makes the world a lot less safe for you and me both. But it also makes the United States not an innocent victim of cyber attacks. Maybe they're just receiving a payback for something that we've done to another country. I used to be one of those that would wave the flag no matter what. My country was right no matter what. But over the last 40 years, I've seen our government turn into nothing but, I would call them gangsters. They're criminals. They don't have my best interest or your best interest at heart. You have entire families like the Biden crime family that have gotten filthy rich off of selling influence, meaning that they're selling you and me down the river, by the way. And let's not forget how Bill Clinton sold or gave the Chinese all sorts of technology that allowed them to modernize their military. And if you go back even farther, you find that Saddam Hussein was backed by the CIA and the Shah of Iran was backed by the CIA. And when Ferdinand Marcos was, when he was the president of the Philippines, we were heavily involved. And it's common knowledge that the CIA helped in the assassinations, if not actually assassinated, some of the leaders in South Vietnam during the Vietnam War. And we were fighting against Nazis in World War II, and we were fighting against communists in the Cold War. But it seems to me that the United States has taken on some of the worst properties of communism and Nazism. And now we have oligarchs running rampant all the way through our government. I was at a award ceremony. A veteran was awarded a quilt of valor. He's a Korean War vet. That there's a group of ladies that are making quilts for our older servicemen, and they're presenting them the quilts, and they call it the quilt of honor. And I was able to do some music for one of those ceremonies. And part of the ceremony was doing the Pledge of Allegiance, which I'm very proud to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Because the Pledge of Allegiance is to the Republic that that flag stands for. And my allegiance is to the Republic of the United States, but not of the Corporation of the United States. And unfortunately, there's a lot of blurred lines between distinguishing the two. But generally, the Republic of the United States operates as close to our founding as possible. Whereas the corporation of the United States, they seem to make up the rules as they go. And I find it incredible that we have working people in this country that are being taxed into oblivion. And of course, property taxes are through the roof. And you have all sorts of sales taxes and, and in some states, income tax and of course, federal income tax. And then they turn around and give these illegals that are coming in that are military age, they're possibly coming here to harm us. They're giving them thousands of dollars and free health care and, in some cases, a place to live. But you might own a house that's run down because you can't hardly afford to put a roof on it. But yet you're paying an exorbitant amount of tax just to keep that house. But if you were an illegal that crossed the border, you would have a much nicer house and it would possibly be paid for, possibly even be tax-free. I know a lot of the big box stores, when they move into a community for the first time, they will tell the community they won't move in unless the land's given to them tax-free. And they never have to pay any property taxes as long as they're in business. 
and I know for a fact that's happened to several box stores in this area. And so the fat cats keep getting fatter, the rich keep getting richer, and the people that are struggling, well, they just have to struggle harder. And now that they're flooding us with third world people that have no skills and no education, guess who ultimately has to pay for that? And getting back to this law in France that's going to make it punishable by fine and imprisonment, any criticism of the MNRA vaccines, it seems that we have a police state and a punitive type of just out-of-control governments all over the world. And when I think of France, I think of the French Revolution, I think of the guillotines, and honestly, I wonder how long it's going to be before the French dust off those guillotines for Macron and, and all the rest of the French government. If I was them, I would study French history because the French aren't known to be great fighters when they're fighting another nation, but they're known to be ruthless when they fight amongst themselves. So it's liable to get very interesting in France before this is all said and done. There's a lot of cat-and-mouse type of gamesmanship that's happening between the United States and Russia. And I can honestly say that Russia is so far ahead in that game that the United States will never catch up. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're rattling our saber so much and we're threatening with war and providing the means of war and the weapons of war to certain countries by the billions of dollars to fight the Russians. And I think it's ironic that we tried to destroy the Russian economy, and it grew by, I believe, 3% last year, which isn't a great number. But when you compare it to Germany, who I think has retracted over 10%, well, that's a pretty big swing. The United States started putting sanctions on Russia. A lot of the fast food chains that were put into Russia from the West, mainly the United States, they decided to leave. They were going to sanction Russia. They were going to punish Russia. They were going to take their chicken or their hamburger or what other toxic waste they were selling to the Russians. They were going to take their ball and go home. They weren't going to serve any more Russians. Take that, Russians. Well, so the Russians did just that. They took the restaurants that were abandoned, and now they're serving Russian food out of those places or they're trying to mimic the American or Western food that was sold there before. And so you have more Russian-owned businesses selling Russian products to Russians, and you have companies that thought they were so smart by leaving Russia. Well, they're just sitting there holding an empty bag. The United States is like a burger joint that huffed and puffed and decided to sanction Russia and leave Russia. And Russia is like the locally-owned businesses that takes its place. The locally owned business will be much stronger in the long run than any foreign chain that comes in and spreads their toxic waste food and their corruption. As you probably can tell, I don't care much for fast food. They're putting all sorts of what I call toxic waste. It's different chemicals to addict you to their product. That's a known fact. And, and also they're finding plastic residues and other things that are actually inside the food. And that's not just one company, that's several companies. And so I don't like to eat fast food, I don't like to even be a part of that. But what I'm getting at is in the long run, Russia is much better off having businesses owned by Russia serving Russians. 
And while we're seeing the Western world flooded with third world immigrants and invaders, you have a country like Russia that's getting to be very nationalistic and there's lots of ethnic groups within Russia because it's such a huge country. But those people are actually coming together, rallying together, making sure that their economy is not going to fall. And I think this whole experiment of sanctions has been one of the most fruitless and frivolous things that's been done by the American government in a long time. The media in the United States tries to portray Russia as a third world country, as being a bunch of poor dirt farmers, and they tried to portray the Iranians as nothing but desert nomads with camels. And so you have people that actually believe that nonsense, and so they underestimate the intelligence and the drive and the tenacity of both the Russians and the Iranians. And by the way, the Russians and Iranians are very advanced with their technology. In some way, they're more advanced than we are. In others, they're not. But we give this false impression that nobody can touch us militarily or with our production or technology when just the opposite is true. I watched a video of a Russian bomber, and they had it in flight, and there was about 10 seconds they showed part of the cockpit area. And the cockpit area looked like a picture that could have been taken in the 1950s or 1960s. It was all mechanical dials, and everything was analog and mechanical. It didn't look like anything was computerized or digital. And the average American would look at that and say, See, they're just a bunch of antiques. They're using antique technology. They can in no way compete with us in any way, shape, or form because we have superior technology. When the truth of the matter actually is, Russia does have digital technology. They do have the computers. They have the ability to make what the United States makes as far as something technologically advanced. But the Russian military knows that during wartime, parts can be hard to find, and if you have something that gets glitchy, like a computer can get glitchy, that if you're on a bombing mission or in a dogfight or just on any kind of an operation, if you have equipment failure that causes you to abort the mission or to get killed or shot down during a mission, then it's not worth having. And when you have a computer that might go out during a flight or your digital components fail, which can happen, there's nothing you can do about it at that point. It's out of your hands. Whereas the mechanical switches and the analog things are repairable. They're more rugged, they're more reliable. They might be a bit slower, but if someone's highly trained on how to speedily go through the switches and knows the sequences of what has to be done in what order, and the human mind is the computer on the plane, and that person is very well trained, well, you're not going to see a lot of difference in performance between something that's computerized and something that is not. And I would imagine that the technology that is, I would say, advanced is actually easier to destroy or easier to make fail than anything that's hardwired by switches and gauges and dials that are mechanical. So I think the Russians are way ahead of us as far as how they think things through. And Russia has been developing ways to jam our electronics 
or to render it useless. And I do believe we're going to see a time where all of our GPS is going to be shut off and our technology is going to be useless. And the Russians are going to basically have a field day if we have American pilots that have lost their computer on their plane and they rely on their computer for locking on their weapons and doing things that they would normally do, that they would normally have a computer to do, the Russians aren't going to have to worry about any of their systems going down from their own jamming, because most of their systems are offline. Which, if you look at it at face value, at first glance, they look old and antique. But when you really think it through, I think they're way ahead of the game. And I was reading the comments of a person that was visiting a website that I was researching, and they were talking about the bombers that have been placed just right off Alaska. They're in Russia. They're approximately 300 miles from the Alaskan border. And one of the commenters said that he wasn't scared of any of these bombers and that the United States could wipe out the Russian Pacific Fleet in just a matter of hours and was belittling the capabilities of Russia's Navy and of their Air Force. And to that person, I just say, have you not heard of Afghanistan? We had all the toys in Afghanistan. We had all the bells and whistles. and We were run out of Afghanistan with our tail between our legs because of an illegitimate president that had no strategy to withdraw, and Russia is light years ahead of anything that Afghanistan had to fight us with. And anybody that thinks that we're just going to have a cakewalk over Russia is extremely delusional. I've heard that Russia is considering hitting us with enough EMP attacks to really melt all of our technology, make it useless, and put us back into the 19th century as far as technology is concerned. Because they think that we won't fight on from that, that we can't fight on, because we won't have any weapons that'll work, and no communications that'll work. And so, I still would rather have the peacekeepers, the diplomats, show up and head this off at the pass, but I don't see it happening. And it's really a shame that there's no diplomats or nobody that's trying to avert a war with a country that, frankly, we have a lot in common with. and Europe. Regardless of what the media tells you, they do need Russia for their natural gas and oil. And to have the illegitimate Biden administration pushing for war. Now, if you're really anti-Russian, just look at how Donald Trump handled Vladimir Putin. They got along fairly well. And if Donald Trump was president, there would be absolutely nothing said about a war between the United States and Russia. Absolutely, it would not have happened. So this is definitely a deep state war. It's definitely a war that is created by what I would call our shadow government and our one world order people and our people that want to depopulate the earth. There's an awful lot of things going on here that has nothing to do with our nation being attacked or our interests being attacked. And unfortunately, there's a few people that They're looking at Russia thinking, oh, Russia's horrible. They're our enemy. Again, I have to ask, what have they done to us? And before you talk about the cyber attacks and things that I do know they are doing, you just have to understand that it's a tit-for-tat thing. 
We've been attacking them for years as well. But to not only have a war that's going to needlessly kill millions of people, the relationship between anyone in the East and anyone in the West for generations, it's just not going to happen. There's a little word called trust. I don't think that the East can trust the West, and I don't think the West could truly trust the East. All you have to do is look at China and the slave labor and the horrible things that have gone on in the East. But we have horrible things going on here with the child trafficking and all of the things that are happening. It just isn't conducive to a stable and friendly world. And so make no mistake about it, I'm anti-war unless the war needs to be fought. There is a time and a place where you have to stand up and you have to either fight or be defeated. And that time is not now, because Russia was not doing anything to try to threaten the United States, with the exception of Ukraine, which that is a whole other story. If you want to go back to its origins, there's been trouble brewing there for quite some time. But it seems that every time Russia and Ukraine would make an agreement that they could end the war, well, the leaders of the Western world would step in and tell Ukraine not to sign the paper or not to go ahead with the treaty. So we have a lot of people that have, let's say, ulterior motives to keep Ukrainians dying in a needless, hopeless war. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I hope the Ukrainians revolt in mass and overthrow their government and sign a peace treaty with Russia and save some lives. I would like to see that. Because there's no way Ukraine is going to win the war. Russia will not let that happen in any way, shape, or form. No matter if every other country on the planet went to war against Russia, they would make sure that Ukraine wouldn't win. Russia might ultimately lose such a war, but there wouldn't be anything left of Ukraine. So Ukraine has no choice but to just sue for peace and hope that they can salvage as much as they can. Which is really sad because several months ago, the Ukrainians and the Russians were negotiating a peace that would have left Ukraine mostly intact. And that would have been the best possible outcome for millions of people who are now without a home or they're now dead. All because of the news media and the corrupt governments that want a war to pad their pockets. It's really sad what's going on, and I hope it stops soon. But what we have to do is make sure that we're ready for anything. Because our politicians are going to do nothing but push war. And since I see no peace treaty or no peace delegation or any talk of peace on the horizon, well, we have to assume that just the opposite is going to happen. We're going to have death and destruction and things that are going to be absolutely awful to live through if this thing goes nuclear. But I think in a minimum that we are going to have that EMP attack. And so the Faraday cage and getting all of your important pictures and documents, copy them. I've said that many times. What I really would hate to happen is people listen to my show for several weeks or months or several years, 
and they think, wow, that's a good idea. I think I should do that. But they never do it. And we have an EMP attack and you lose all of your important records and maybe your family photos and everything you have stored on electronic devices. And make no mistake, this EMP attack that I think is imminent is going to be huge. It's not going to be shutting down just one city or one area. They're going to shut down our entire country. And they're going to shut it down in such a huge way that we're not going to have any answer for it. We're not going to know what to do. That is, as a society. But as preppers, we have to prep our mind and also our pantry and our water storage and everything that we need to have. But I think we need to really prep ourselves to be living a lifestyle that our great-grandparents lived on a daily basis. And in that regard, I'm 100% ready to do that. I could step into that tomorrow and really not see much of a difference in my life other than the electronics that I use for other business concerns and this radio show. But as far as my day-to-day operation of taking care of my animals and living my life and being able to be productive and get some work done, I've got all the tools and all the, and I have all the means to keep productive. And so as we look at these world events, it's vital that we really pay attention to what we see. And I think we need to go with our gut hunch. If your gut hunch tells you to prepare in a different way than what I'm recommending, well, follow your own gut hunch. But don't stick your head in the sand and don't be one of those people that says, ah, nothing's going to happen. I hope those people are right. But if something does happen and you're not prepared, well, guess who has to pay the price? And that's one of the main reasons I'm doing this radio show, is I'm trying to help people prepare for an event that I hope that never happens. Well, before I run out of time in the show, I want to, I want to touch on an off-grid issue. Now is the time for you to do your spring maintenance on your battery banks. I know the battery banks through the winter can get corroded and a lot of the cables can corrode on the inside of the, if you have a rubber coating around your cable. And so make sure your cables are still flexible. And if any cable is hardened, it's possibly because there's corrosion that's gone all the way through that cable. And so now's the time to clean your battery connections, replace your bad cables, and clean everything real good, tighten everything back real good. And it's going to take you anywhere from two or three hours to a day to do this. I recommend you choose a day and you just go through it routinely and just go through it slowly and methodically. Make sure you get everything right. That would be something that you could do on a warm day if your battery bank happens to be outside or in an outbuilding. Just pick the next nice warm day you have a day off from your other commitments and commit yourself to your battery bank. It seems that there's been a major pipeline, a petroleum pipeline in Iran that's been destroyed. If we indeed had anything to do with that pipeline being blown up, then we can expect some revenge coming our way. And I notice that gas is starting to creep up again. And so now's the time to get your extra gas stored up. And if you're going to plan on storing it for any amount of time, get some stabilizing product. 
and put it in your gas to keep it fresh. And even with the stabilizing product, the new gas won't last indefinitely. So really read the directions on the stabilizing product you use and the longevity of it. And don't buy any more gasoline than you think you'll use during the time uh, that you have that gas will still be good. But I would recommend that you buy extra gas, store it safely in, in a well-ventilated area that is away from any heat source, spark, or flame. And then go ahead and use that and just replace it with fresh gas all the time. But it's time to get your initial supply before the price of gas goes up. And I do believe that 2024 is going to see some of the wildest things we've ever seen in this country. It's going to happen within the next 10 months or so. But really, I think it's going to be before the November election. I think that things are going to really get out of hand. And we've already got some people that are quote-unquote in power that are floating all sorts of election fraud ideas, such as mail-in ballots again. And never forget, we have this Disease X that's another hoax that they are going to use to try to steal the elections. So things are happening really fast, and week by week things are just changing. So keep your eye on things. Make sure that you're not caught unaware. And I mention this quite often. I'll mention it again. If you don't have enough food saved back, and if you don't have very much money, just beans and rice and plenty of it, if you have a bit more money, you can buy cases of canned meats and canned fish and that kind of thing. We all need to be preppers right now. Because if we're not preppers today, I truly feel that we will be beggars tomorrow. Well, I hope the right people heard my message today. I do appreciate you tuning in, and I would appreciate your partnering with me to help keep this program on the air. I take donations of any size, and you can send a check, money order, or cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. Again, thanks for listening, everyone, and until next week, everyone... Be brave, be vigilant, keep your powder dry, and never ever forget, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.